Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Finer Things Podcast. I am Tristan, and I am joined by the always amazing, always fantastic Rosemary. Rosemary, how are you doing today? I'm doing decently well today. Okay. As okay. always, thank you for the great introduction, as usual. But yeah, I feel like this week has been a little hectic for me, as I was telling you. It's just been, it's not like stressful hectic, just like busy with things. Um, But yeah, the weather also dropped to like 20 or 30 degrees, so I'm just waiting for it to snow. But also I'm like really enjoying this. It snowed here uh, this morning. Oh, it did? Yeah, it did. Oh my god. Wait, is this the first snowfall? We had like a tiny, tiny bit. None of it stuck oh, to the okay. ground this time, but we still had uh-huh. like a, a pretty decent amount falling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really nice. It was so nice. I like listened to music, which, yeah. oh my God, maybe that's a, that's a premonition of what we're going to talk about today. But I was listening <laughs> to music, walking down the street. Uh, the sky was white and bright and it was gorgeous. So yes, no, it's uh, we have gotten snow and it's really nice. Well, then I'm just waiting for that to happen in Kentucky. It will. Because it's also, like, it's really cute to see my dog, like, run around the snow and eat it as well. So (laughs) that's always fun. Yeah, for sure. For sure. How has your week been? My week's been pretty good. Um, I really haven't done that much over the course of this week. Uh, Just writing some papers and stuff I need to get out of the way. I have a European history paper that's due. Uh, I don't even know what I'm talking about. And I have a uh, psychology paper. I'm taking a class called uh, Social and Personality Development. And in it, we have to watch a movie. And we had a choice in what movie we watched, and I chose Mean Girls. (laughs) And this was my first time (laughs) watching Mean Girls, and I absolutely loved it. It It's an amazing movie. It's so good. Yes. Like, if you haven't seen... Mean Girls, this is this is your sign. After you finish listening to this episode, go watch it. For sure, like literally, just like go and watch it. It's so great, and like I love Tina Fey. Anything mm-hmm. that's related to Tina Fey, like I'm instantly gonna love. And so it's uh, it was great. It was great, and I uh, I was telling you, I got I got quite a lot of material from mm-hmm. uh, the dysfunctional plastics that we uh, that we see <laughs> in the movies. So yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Um, my week has just been really, you know, kind of relax, kind of do some work here and there, but yeah. generally not stress too much, which mm-hmm. has been very nice. That's good. So, what are we talking about today? What is on the docket? Wait, we can't, <gasps> we, we can't dive into oh! that yet. Oh my god, you're right. Yes, we can. <laughs> Rosemary, paint your scene. I know, because we forgot in our last episode. <laughs> so we, we are did. not forgetting moving forward. Okay, I'm going to paint my scene. Oh, wait, I have a news that I forgot to mention. Wait, yeah. yeah I turned 22. So, because my birthday was. Yes, like, you did! Yes. 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 So, my oh birthday my God, was like birthday last episode. week. For the listeners, we didn't have a birthday episode because things were a bit hectic, I feel like, as usual on my end <laughs> sometimes. Because <laughs> I, so I went to New York with my cousins and we, so I spent like a week there and it was really fun. Yeah, so that's why I didn't record a birthday episode, but, yeah. What did you get to see while you were in New York? Um, so we've been to New York, like, a few times, and part of my family also lives there, so we don't really do a lot of, like, I like, you know, see the touristy attractions. They're great, but we don't see them since we've been quite often. We usually go for the food scene. So we've, like, eaten a lot of, at a lot of really good 
places with really good meals. One of my favorite is um, this Moroccan cafe or restaurant in Williamsburg. The food there is really good. Also, Kiki's restaurant in New York. Um, there's it's a Greek restaurant, and I'm obsessed with the appetizer. It's like I think it's called Saganaki. I don't know if I pronounced it right, but it's like sort of like a fried cheese sort of appetizer thing. So if you're into you've cheese, already got my blood boiling. <laughs> fried cheese that oh, it, like, I it sounds so much better right now. Yeah, but it's also like have you seen like those puff pastries sort of that flaky crust kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's like that. But instead of like sweetness, think like cheese in the inside. So oh it's like, my god! Yeah, so it's like flaky and cheesy, and it's. It, I mean, if you're a fan of cheese and fried stuff, then this is for you. Very well noted. Very. Uh, mm-hmm. My next, uh, my next New York visit, definitely going to be going to Kiki's. Yeah. So was, and we walked, we walked around like just a lot, and just seeing like different neighborhoods. We went to like flea markets and like thrifting, because my cousin really likes that and shopping. And just like looking around and yeah but also we walked a lot we walked probably like 20 like up to 20 miles every day so i was like oh my, my goodness step count. i know my step count is just so high yeah you it's definitely got your steps in yeah <laughs> yeah so that's really <laughs> that's fun. good but, that's good but i'm back home now and i'm gonna paint my scene for what we're recording please um, do i'm back in my closet like this will be my go-to now there's like a rug on the floor that I like to sit on. I have my blanket around me because it's gotten very really nice. yeah. So the one side is like green with white flowers, and the other side is sort of like a patchwork quilt. Like there's denim, and then there's like flowers that are patched on. I think one of the customers from my parents' restaurant made it for or gave it to us when we were really young. So we've always kept it. It's one of my favorite blankets. That's amazing. No, that's that's really cute. Also, my room smells like birthday cake. It smells like birthday cake because <laughs> I lighted a candle. It is a birthday cake flavored scented candle. A yes. birthday flavored, a birthday scented <laughs> candle. Yes, a birthday cake scented it. candle. Yes, that's amazing. That's, uh, oh, what a great birthday. I mean, honestly, I that's that's so great. But paint, paint your scene for us, Tristan. Paint my scene. I am, once again to uh to showcase just how professional we are at this podcast in the recording booth at uh nine o'clock on a monday and yeah i mean it's been a pretty good day so far so i'm just kind of chilling and you know doing this is like the last thing today uh i once again have the joe rogan headphones uh the the girl (laughs) the girl specifically asked me if i wanted the big or the small ones and Mm -hmm. i'm like do you even need to ask what I actually said was yes, the big ones, please. <laughs> but but I, I mind, really like these in my yeah, mind. In my mind, yes. I really like these. So it's uh, they they make me feel very professional. So I'm here. I'm uh, not looking forward to the walk home mm-hmm. after this because, as mentioned, it's like 20 degrees outside uh, and you know pitch black. So not super hyped, but mm-hmm. to be here, very hyped. In our introduction, I feel like you may have alluded to our topic today, but do you want to introduce what we'll be talking about in this episode? Yes, Rosemary, today we are going to be talking about music. And we're going to talk about both classical and non-classical music. Uh, you and I both grew up in the classical music scene in Kentucky, and so we're, we're familiar with this world. Like we, we know its ins and outs, we know how it works, we, we spent quite a lot of time in it. 
And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about both classical music and non-classical music, because both are very important, and they're both important in several different ways. Does it connect you to your culture? Does it exhibit certain parts of your life? Like we were talking earlier, you know, you go back and you hear a song and you just, it takes you back to wherever you were when you heard it. So music is a fine thing. It has many attributes and I'm very excited to talk about it today. Yes, this is the part. I feel like this is a great episode, like timing wise too, because I think like, at least if you're in the pop music-ish scene, like with Taylor Swift re-recording like Taylor's oh. version and Red, the Red album, dro- Taylor's version, dropping like over this past week. Like, I feel like that's big. So I, I think- read about this on Yik Yak, okay. but I didn't know that anything had actually happened. I just heard like vague, vague rumors of a, a Taylor Swift album. Yeah, yeah. So she's like re-recording like so she like actually owns like the music that she's releasing now. So that's why she's re-recording them. And they have a parentheses next to them, Taylor's version. And Red was released. And there were new songs that she originally wrote, but didn't include in the original album. And there's also a 10-minute version of, like, a cult favorite, the All Too Well song. But yeah, I feel like this is, like, a great timing for the music episode. Because I think, like, even if you're, like, not a fan of, like, Taylor Swift or anything, I feel like music in general just penetrates into, like, many areas of your life. And whether you know it i think it does play a role in it whether you realize it or not and tristan touched on this like memory i feel like memory is definitely one yeah like i don't know anyone who just doesn't listen to music like it's you know it's Mm -hmm. been said that music is one of the things that every human across every time and every place does we make music and we appreciate music too and you know Mm -hmm. if it's core to our our sense of being human then there's probably a lot to digest and a lot there. And so, let's begin. So, Rosemary, what kind of music do you listen to? What is on your Spotify? Well, let me just pull up my Spotify and Oh, look yes, at please it. do. Yes. <laughs> I feel like, honestly... My music taste can be all over the place. Still, I listen to a lot of pop and sort of like top 100 songs. So, you know, you'll see a lot of Taylor Swift on there, some Harry Styles, some Olivia Rodrigo on there. But then I also really like to listen to um, like piano pieces. That's what, I'm a really mm-hmm. big fan of Yoruma also. And Oh, yeah. The river yeah. flows in you. Yeah, that's that's his most popular one. But his other yeah. song, but his other pieces are also really great. And oh, I love instrumentals from movies, like the the soundtracks from like different movies. Oh but yeah, like, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But ma- it, mainly if they're like strings, if they're like strings instruments, then I'm like okay. Oh, mm-hmm. also saxophone solos, like Ooh, those are those are great. Okay. Yes, and then also I listen to um, a lot of Chinese songs. I guess Spotify dubs it like Mando pop, sort of like K-pop or J-pop. Yeah. And I think that's like mostly my music. So you have like a good mix between mainstream, modern, uh, classical music and mm-hmm. Chinese music. Is yes. that a fair assessment? Yeah. And I think like a lot of my songs, like some, I listen to some other artists, but I think I really like songs that are sort of like maybe on the slower side. But they have like a lot of um is this a word like acousticness or something? 
I, I do think I know what you're trying to tell me. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Um, there's, like, more vocals and, like, more, I guess, like, acoustics uh-huh. in the instruments instead of, like, more electrical, like, electric tunes, sort of. Yeah. They, yeah. What do you get out of that? I don't know. I feel like emotionally it evokes, like, it's very, like, I like listening to it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, for me, like, music, the like, why I listen to it is fueled a lot by emotion like, I feel like there are different songs for when I'm feeling a certain way. And I feel like people can relate to that. And also, like, the way my playlists are organized, I think they're, like, organized sort of, like, with different stages in my life. But they're more so, like, different stages of emotion in my life. Like, I'll know, like, during the summer, like, I literally have a playlist called Deaf by Organic Chemistry. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh that was what I was taking over the summer. And I knew how, like, stressed and sort of, like, rushed i felt with everything and i like some of the songs on there i think represent that but like once i finished orgo it was like a whole new playlist and like when fall hit like i have a whole new playlist like crisp weather with no stressors like that that playlist are <laughs> like happy times i think my music taste or like what i like to listen to is fueled by like emotion i think that's pretty standard i mean mm-hmm. i have a lot of emotion based uh playlists on my spotify as well i have a songs to cry to which that that has i think it has like six followers and uh-huh. i don't know six people who follow me on spotify so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so apparently people like it uh i have yeah. songs for three in the morning which is really mm-hmm. nice and i have listened to it a few times at three in the morning and it's a it's definitely an experience okay, I, yeah i see a thread here like our i feel like our experiences definitely aren't like you know very individual like i feel like a lot of people could relate to that like you said you have a playlist for like 3 a.m in the morning i have one called 546 you can pick the a.m or p.m you choose but i'm thinking a.m there could be a very big difference between 546 yeah. p.m and a.m <laughs> but but tell us more about um your music taste and like what you you tend to listen to so going off of my my theme i guess from when we talked about our books uh, I listen to a lot of older music. I love 60s music. Uh, <laughs> musics. I, <laughs> I love 60s music. I love the classics. Uh, I love folk music. Bob Dylan, uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary, uh, all those guys. You know, I, I think that's good stuff, and I like listening to it. Um, but with, the, uh, with TikTok's invasion into my life, uh, I have been listening to quite a lot of like mainstream modern music. Um, mm-hmm. Not so mainstream. I, ha- I haven't quite gotten there. Uh, like I'm, I don't listen to Taylor Swift or Harry Styles uh, mm-hmm. really that much. But I have recently, like within the past like month or so, become absolutely obsessed with Doja Cat. <laughs> like yeah. I love her so so much, and I just like like my my Spotify over the past month has been like just repeat of her. Mm-hmm. but yeah like i i do appreciate um or at least i've gained more of an appreciation for music today uh i used to be a very much like you know music is dying and you know we don't have any good music anymore i still kind of think that to like to an extent at least with mo- like mainstream music um but i've definitely uh i think i've mellowed out uh in in between and i listen to i don't listen to that much classical music anymore like just when i'm going about doing stuff but if like if if a piece has emotional connection to me and i want to feel that emotion i'll play it 
Like, yeah. um, I'm, I'm thinking specifically about the Sibelius Violin Concerto, oh. which is, oh my god, it's a, yes. it's a tearjerker. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, if I want to feel, like, dark or gloomy or mysterious, <laughs> like, I'll put that up. Or, you know, if I want to feel victorious, I'll, I'll put up a Tchaikovsky Violin Concerto Movement 3 or, or something like that. And, you know, there, there's always, there's an emotion for every song and a song for every emotion. And, yes. Yeah. It's it's fine. It really is fine. We have an emotional connection to music, and we get a lot of our identity out of it. So it makes yeah. sense that we spend a lot of time with it and a lot of time thinking about it. So, Rosemary, talk to me about the role of community in music. And, you know, I, I, I'm thinking both being a part of, like, a fan club mm-hmm. for a musician and being in an orchestra and playing music with other people so tell me about that sure like both of those like you said are communities but i feel like the environment is very different so i'm gonna start off with um like sort of like being a fan club for like an artist or musician like for example i'm gonna take you back to sixth grade middle school like this is probably 2012 i think for when i was in sixth grade I was a huge, huge fan of One Direction. I was a directioner. Like, literally, part of my bio was like, directioner for life. But it was like, oh my God, four. no. No, <laughs> yeah. that's even worse. Oh my God. You know what, Tristan, you can say it's worse, but I stand by my sixth grade music taste. Look, okay, you know, in middle school, we did a lot of stuff we regret. And, you know, moving past that is an important part of growing up, I think. For the listeners, I do not regret that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, we, you know, it, the music of your youth does influence you, and we always mm-hmm. do have a nostalgia for it. Like, you know, I, I'll still listen to a song, uh, like, what's that one song? Like, Tonight. Oh. That Tonight song. Yeah, yeah I know like, what you're saying. Yes, it's yes, yes. not a good mm-hmm. song, but I love it. But I love listening to it, right? It, like, instantly takes me back to yeah, that era. Yeah, In that time. Yeah. Like, I have memories associated with that song, and I know. Like, is it, like, the best, like, was it my favorite song? Like, no. But I know, like, I can pinpoint a moment, like, in time, in my life. Yeah, literally. When that song was, like, playing. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, it's like imagining your life as a movie, and then there's the soundtrack for different time frames or timelines. Oh, my God. That's a really great way to think of it, actually. Yes. Oh my god, I feel like now I need a like a, a soundtrack to my life kind of spot uh Spotify mm-hmm. playlist. So maybe maybe yes. after show project, so like, who knows. Yes. So basically the soundtrack for my 6th grade to 7th grade years, just play One Direction on loop. That's it. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> but I like talking about the community like I've made a lot of like friends from middle school that I didn't really like talk to maybe before, but then when I found out they were like they liked One Direction's music too, like we sort of became friends through that. And there's also the whole, like, online community, like, on Tumblr, Pinterest, like, all those things. And, yeah, so I feel like being a part of something like that, it's it's also, like, very, um, how do I describe this? Like, you sort of feed off of other people's, like, other uh-huh. fans' energies. and But it's also, like, a way to connect with people that you might not know on the internet or, like, from different places just based on music tastes. And I think that's, like, one really cool thing. And that, like, this still, it's really interesting, too, to see, like, 
people even now that I see on TikTok who are like my fellow like One Directioners from middle school <laughs> and like I think it like evokes like a time or like memories from that and I'll always hold it like really close to my heart but also it's also interesting to see how not only our own music taste as listeners involve but also how the artists that were part of that like um boy band I guess they're how they've like you know have their own solo careers and listening to their music now like for example like Harry and Niall or like Zane like how to see like the music that they create like it's different and they're different from each other as individuals but also from the band itself like when they were playing together it absolutely is and when you see changes in musicians lives it reflects a change in your own life. Like, you, you know, when you see this person who you, who you spend a lot of time listening to, when they're going out and, like, having actual life events, you're like, oh, my God, like, I'm, I'm on this track with them in a way. Like, one example that I have uh, was Prince. Uh, I listened to a podcast that had, like, people from their 40s and 50s uh, around the time that Prince died. And when he did... Their, their episode that they uploaded was them crying and talking about Prince and how much of an impact that his music had on their lives. And now that he was gone, it felt like there was a personal loss in their lives. And that's like, you know, when one day Avril Lavigne goes and one day, you know, like Harry Styles and, and Doja Cat, like those, those are going to be sad events for us. But it's true. They're, they're a real part of our lives in a way, in a very real way there's a cultural significance to the music and like it's very interesting for me to look at it through like generations like what we listen to versus like what my middle school cousins listen to like they don't like but it's interesting because like they still know like NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys wait they do yes they do like they know some of like you know some of their top songs and I'm just like they played it in the car today I was like oh "Mm." my goodness I was like how because they like heard like from their teacher or something in school (laughs) so I think it like still like you know plays out and yeah it's just very interesting to me to see like sort of the evolution of music and like what type of music people listen to or what type becomes sort of mainstream or popular and also like what types of sounds start to be like combined like certain rhythms or melodies that are like maybe more popular or start to emerge i think that's also really interesting it absolutely is it really is so also going back to tristan's original (laughs) question like maybe more on the I guess you mentioned orchestra. So Tristan and I both, I played the violin and we were both part of the Louisville Youth Orchestra here in Kentucky. And yeah, I think that also, that was very different than being part, sort of like part of a fan club sort of thing for One Direction. Cause is I'm on the side of not being just like a listener, but I'm like actively creating music. And like we put on these like concerts with like audiences and it's just so, it's it feels very different when we're in the rehearsal room versus like actually playing on stage. But I think being able to create that music and learn about how music is played or created, I think that brings about a different level of appreciation for the music. Like it's not like, it doesn't mean that you need to be like, be able to play an instrument to appreciate music. But I think it's like a different perspective that I've gotten from participating in orchestra. And I think the main thing is like learning how to play with other people. Like if I'm I'm not, if I'm not a soloist, like I need to learn like how to listen to like my section that I'm in, but also like other sections and like where they are and like the tone and the rhythm of everything. So I think like being learning how to 
kind of it's sort of like a social thing like how you have to learn how to interact with people in real life like playing music with other people like you can't just be banging out to your own jams <laughs> and ignoring the rest of the orchestra like, i don't that think you've seen fly. me during rehearsals at, uh, at northwestern's orchestra do you do that <laughs> a little bit kind of just like come in whenever you want you know with the beat not with the beat you'll figure mm-hmm. it out eventually <laughs> But, but yes, you're right. It, playing in an orchestra teaches you important skills, and not only that, they don't only apply to your outside life, but they also come into how you experience music and how you listen to music. Like music, from its inception, has not been separate from those who perform it, right? Like. Beethoven, when he's writing his symphonies, is thinking about the orchestra actually performing it and thinking about mm-hmm. the 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 dynamics of you know of, of who's playing and thinking about the interactions between instruments and just so many factors. And it's mm-hmm. it's really important to understand question mark because it might be the the question is: Do you need to be able to play classical music? in order to enjoy classical music. Because when I go back and I think of all the people I know who enjoy classical music, mm-hmm. every one of them plays an instrument. Mm. Every one of them. I don't know anyone who's just like, you know, they don't play an instrument and they're like, you know, I really like Schumann. <laughs> like, or something <laughs> like that, right? Yeah. So can you? I'm sure you can. I'm sure that you can and you're able to appreciate uh, classical music without having lived it but i don't know if people really do i don't know wait that's an interesting point because now that i think about it like i yeah i haven't met someone who's like oh i like classical music and they haven't played an instrument like at least just from my experience like there is there are definitely people but i just haven't met them but that is an interesting point to bring up like i guess it's like the idea of like do you have to experience something in order to like enjoy it i guess like that's sort of like more a more broad thing like do you have to have that personal experience to actually enjoy the music and i think like generally no but going back to what i was saying before i think it just it just locks a different perspective on it on the music that you're listening to when you're actually like able to play the instrument i think yeah rosemary uh we have a guest who's wanting to join our zoom call uh it's walt whitman uh, and he has something to say. <laughs> tell tell <laughs> us, bring bring Mr. Whitman here. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Whitman. Uh, he wrote a poem called "The Learned Astronomer," and the whole point of the poem, if you if you haven't heard of it already, is that there's this guy, and he doesn't know anything about astronomy, but he goes into a lecture with an astronomer, and the astronomer is telling him all about stars and decay. And, uh, and cosmology and all the good stuff. But the guy doesn't really get it. You know, he's, he's listening to the, lec- to the lecture, but he's like, yeah, yeah, just science. It doesn't really affect my understanding of things. But then he goes out into the perfect damp air and looks up into the sky and sees the stars. And he smiles in perfect blissful, blissfulness, bliss, mm-hmm. <laughs> smiles in perfect bliss. Yes, yeah. And the whole point of that story is to say you don't need to understand it in order to appreciate it. If it's Mm. beautiful, you can look at it and not need to 
understand how it was made. Like we can appreciate paintings without mm -hmm. understanding how they were made. But if you have, you know, you paint and you, you know yes. things about like drawing and mm -hmm. visual arts. And so I, I'm sure that helps you to appreciate it on a different level. Yeah, like that's a good example. Because I think like when I see certain paintings like by certain artists, like if you study like art or know a little bit like about art history or like about different methods or techniques, like when you see like different strokes on the painting, you're like, oh my gosh, like this represents this. Or you see like the principles of art, like we're actually playing out in, you know, famous paintings or like famous drawings. You're like, oh, like something just sort of clicks and you're just like, oh, wow, like this is so cool. Like the golden ratio, like I feel like all of that is like really <laughs> awesome. So yeah, that's that was a great example to bring up. But also like sticking to your point like about um, the learned astronomer, like you don't have to exactly know everything to appreciate it. And I feel like that just goes back to why music is so significant. Like we talked about the evolution of music, which means that it's existed like all this time and it like changes. But like the reason why it exists is because like everyone still listen. Most people still listen to music and still like it. And not all of us are songwriters or like music producers or play an instrument, but yet we still, music is such a big part of our lives. So exactly, you don't have to fully understand it to appreciate it. It really is. Like, you know, a baby learns how to sing. Even before they understand the words that they're singing, they know how to sing and they know how to, how to appreciate music that's around them. That's why, uh, what are they called? Like, what, what, do, what are mothers sing to their babies? Lullabies? Like when they go to sleep? Lullabies, yes. There, there's another word, like... <sighs> like just kids' songs, or whatever. I don't know what they're I... called. But like, kids' songs? <laughs> <laughs> like little... Kids... Oh, nursery rhymes, right? Yes! Yes! yes nursery yes. rhymes. Yes, mm -hmm. those. Nursery yes. rhymes. Kids love them. They eat them up. Yes, <laughs> Why? Because it's music. Also, the shark, the little baby the shark. The baby dude. shark. Dude, dude, <laughs> yes. Dude, dude, dude. I don't know. Like, that's like, that's like magic for little kids. Like, I don't know why. It just works. Like, they hear that song, they see it, and they're just like, oh my gosh, they're all they happy. Just, they lose their minds. They go <laughs> <I know>. wild. <laughs> Yeah. It's yeah. No, it, it, like, these examples are everywhere. Music is so essential to who we are as people. We're going to love it, even if we don't have that level of, of classical understanding of music. We just appreciate it anyway. It's so powerful. It's very powerful. So Tristan, speaking about powerful music, I think one way that music is like really powerful is that there's, at least for me, like we were talking about how seeing our life as a movie with like different soundtracks. Like, do you have any experience that with where maybe you have a specific like auditory memory or like some music or song and that's associated with like a certain time point in your life i've got quite a few of them actually like what i was talking about with the classics mm -hmm. and how i appreciate them uh a lot of that happened for me before i came to college so like the summer of 2018 like in between high school and college uh and it was it coincided with me first learning how to play guitar and so, you know, you, you learn how to play guitar. What do you get? Oh, Elvis. Look at that. Like you start learning Elvis and, and Bob Dylan and all that. And so when I hear a song, you know, like if I hear Can't Help Falling in Love or something like that, the first thing I think of immediately is like that summer before coming to college. Um, when I hear The Strokes' first album, 
which is absolutely amazing. I think of the person who gave it to me and the person who suggested that I listen to it. And this was this was sophomore year. At, no, 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 freshman year. Oh my god, it was like the winter of freshman year when college I first or, found it. Or freshman. College. I mean, yeah, college the, or high school. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so freshman, a freshman year of college. That's when I got it, and I'll still listen to it and think of myself there. Uh, and there's quite a few uh, classical songs because a lot of times you you'll play a song just once, and you know unless it's super popular and you may do two orchestras that 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 play it. But other than that, like you know, if you play you know what whatever the the Schumann Violin Concerto, right? You're probably only going to play that with one orchestra, and so when you hear that again it puts you in the place of that orchestra. Like, when I hear the Rebecca Clark viola sonata, which is one of the greatest pieces of music ever written, I think of myself playing it uh, senior year of high school uh, with my orchestra, because I won the concerto competition, so they... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, so yeah, music, when you hear a song, it just takes you right back, and it's, it's a super powerful property of it. What about you? What are what are your songs that just grab you? Speaking of classical music, I think one for me is the Fire Pursuit by Stravinsky, because we did play this in LYO, and while that was like a great memory, I also remember playing this song on repeat whenever I wrote some of my like short answers or essays for college applications senior year of high school. I think it's just something about the, it seems kind of ominous and sort of like dark too, but like the moment there- Were you going through some stuff while this was happening? Like... Yes, I was going through um, what it's called, college applica- applying to college. <laughs> that, yes, just that. a very just, dark time of, yes. of your life indeed. If, if you have been through that, then you would understand, I think you can understand most, most of you. But yeah, that's one song that I remember a lot. And I think also like, um, like I was telling Tristan before, um, there's three songs by Hozier that I remember. It's like Like Real People Do, Cherry Wine, and I think it's Someone New. Oh my gosh, did I just forget the song? No, it's Someone New, I think. Yeah, Someone New. That sounds right. Yeah, so these three songs, I remember them during, like, as a point of also senior year, but specifically February 2018, that entire month all the way until, like, graduation. And also, it reminds me of, like, early, really early mornings, my sister and I driving to school. It was always these songs on loops. And, yeah, and I was, I think I've also mentioned my playlist, Death by Organic Chemistry. Death by Organic Chemistry. Yes. Like, it's a, I feel like it's a great playlist name. No, it's awesome. There were a lot of sad songs on there. And it just kind of reflected how I was feeling at time. But as soon, literally as soon as I finished that, I was obsessed with the song Brazil by uh Declan McKenna and it just has a very like upbeat sort of like I'm on vacation like life is very carefree like I'm, I'm just like skateboarding along a beach walk sort of vibe and I feel like that's I remember that as like the day I finished organic <laughs> chemistry as in I turned in my lab like that was the song so I think like these are just examples of how like music is really powerful because it evokes like it evokes not just like emotion but memory and it's I think it's like really cool instead of just like instead of having one way to just one way to remember things it's like writing it down but this way it's like by songs and maybe the playlists that we create did you know that like 
uh, emotion is also controlled in the hippocampus? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, you're a brain person, yeah. so, so you know those quizzes. <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> you know, like, the hippocampus covers both memory and emotion, and so it's kind of, it just gets mm-hmm. all in there. So it's, it's interesting. It is. Yeah. I think it's just, like, music, like, being able to hear music, I think it's just... It's just one of your senses. Like, I feel like a lot of your senses contribute to memory and emotion. Like, especially smells. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. Like, olfactory sense. Yeah. Like, the scent of different things. Like, that's also one example. So, I think music just ties right into that. Yeah. I thought about mentioning it. Like, it's almost like you smell something and it takes you right back. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. Wait. Rosemary, have you ever heard a song that you really liked? And then you think, wait, I haven't listened to this in, like, three or four years. Like, I'm revisiting a part of my past. Oh, yes. Um, so before I mentioned Yuruma, like, the, and you said the piece River Flows in You, which is, I think, one of his most popular pieces that he, he's composed. And I first, so my memory associated with that was, it was when I was first learning piano, and I was in about, like, fourth or fifth grade and at that time we were learning like the Alfred's piano like sort of little booklet and this was like the first piece that I heard and I was like I really like it like it's made me feel something I want to play it and I took the initiative to like look up the piece online he has like a website where his pieces you can print them out for free at the time and so I took it on myself I learned it and I went to the and only took me like a week until like my next lesson I was like hey like to my music teachers, like hey I found this piece that I really like and I want to play it for you and you give me like instructions or tips on like what am I doing wrong or how to improve it and I just remember this piece where like I really took initiative in me learning music and playing music that I enjoy and I haven't listened to it for like years because I think it like started to get really popular and everyone's also like playing it online <laughs> I was like oh I'm done with this and then and then I didn't listen to it or play it until like um until high school maybe like junior year or senior year of high school and I found my sheet music like on, in my piano bench under oh, my other books and I played it and it brought me so much joy and I was like wow I haven't like heard this or played this in so long but yeah, I think that's one piece for me. Right, like music transcends time in a way, you know, like mm-hmm. you you go off for three years and then you come back and you start playing exactly the same piece of music. Yeah. It astounds yeah, I me. Think like, what? Oh, I was just going to say like what was interesting though is like the way I played that piece after a while, it was very different. Like not like super different, like I still play the same notes. But I feel like when I was first playing it, I was trying to, like, emulate how Yoruma was playing it, like, based on his YouTube videos. But then, like, the more I watched, I was like, oh, like, sometimes he plays, like, things differently, or he adds a trill here, or, like, he adds, like, something, like, a longer pause or, like, a rest. But when I played it that other time, it was just, like, I wasn't really caring about, like, how he played it. It was more, like, what I was feeling and what I, if I wanted to add some little, little, just a little, like, different rhythm or like some slowing it down or making it quieter like that was my choice and I think that was sort of showing growth as like a music player I oh my god that's awesome that it really does it really really does show that you have become this mature musician and you can make your own decisions as to how you play the song like my uh the kid that I tutor now in violin 
like he he's like eight years old like he he doesn't know how to express himself in in this music yet he's uh he's gonna get there <laughs> but yeah i mean like the kids eight and i remember when i was like 15 i was playing uh the bach cello suite number three prelude which is an amazing piece i really really love it and that piece has been with me for so long at this point like it was one of the first real pieces that i learned how to play and I, I've played it for uh, GSA, or the Government School for the Arts. I played it for, uh, for a few uh, concerts that I've done. It's been with me for so long, but I've noticed it change along the way. And I've noticed that as I get older and I'm un- able to understand more mature concepts, the way that I play it has, has really drastically changed. Uh, and it's changed so much that I, uh, I played it for my um my university audition and it was like i i had transformed it into basically something that like i could be proud of and it was it was really great and it was really great then i played it to get into my university's orchestra just a few months ago and what i did was this was this was a risk but what i did is that i listened to my old teacher's recording of it uh she's famous she's like on spotify now she's uh helen callis for uh for anyone who might know and she's the professor at northwestern for viola and i i listened to her piece and i played it and then i listened again and i played it and just trying to shape it and part of that was me trying to like pay homage to her for teaching me and for getting me so far and like channeling her emotion into my music and i ended up doing pretty well at the audition so I guess it worked yeah, out. Yeah, because you're first chair, aren't you? I am first chair. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, I did an okay job. I, I don't know if it was a first chair kind of job, but I was I was happy with my playing. I mean, yeah, I mean, your playing did do the job, but... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean it like, landed you the job. Yeah. Like, music... Music's a powerful thing. It really is. Mm-hmm. And, and just as I was saying, like, if you play something over time... As you change, the piece changes. Yes. And I, I'd imagine there's many people who play music who can relate to relate to what we're saying in this. Yeah, and I think, like, what we touched on, like, a lot of, like, you changing can be, like, your confidence as a person and as a musician. And, like, maybe the emotions that you're also feeling at that time. Like, that can, that can all be channeled into how you're playing your instrument and the piece itself, too. So, Rosemary, I've, I think this is the most important question of tonight. Can you judge a person by their music choice? Yes. Yes, you absolutely can. <laughs> Why? I, Why? I, What's I, different about their music choice? It's like, it's part of your personality, I think, you know? Like, I, like some people make it a part of their personality a lot more than other people. But I think just like anything you like, like the books you read, the podcast, the shows you watch, the podcasts you listen to, and like the f- people who are your friends, like I think all of that can be reflective of you in some way. And music's no different from that. And I think, but also the thing with music is like, it's so, I feel like it can be so, so personal. That's why it can show a lot about like maybe you as a person and like what you like to listen to and I guess the message in some of the songs or some of the artists or musicians that you listen to. Rosemary, you are 
absolutely 100% correct. If somebody listens to Tchaikovsky, they're boisterous, they're they like they're manly, or they're, right? like they're they're excitable. If somebody listens to what like Chopin, they're pensive. They're you know they they probably don't want to get out of bed at the moment. <laughs> like, like music reflects our personality, and it's kind of like how uh, the videos that YouTube recommends you, like they know you better than you know yourself. I feel like music is the same way. It's like why your For You page is so personal on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yes. It It really is. Like, it it knows you so, so well. And Spotify is kind of the same way. Spotify hasn't Mm -hmm. figured me out quite yet, but it's working on it, and it's getting scary. Oh, like their Discover? Like their their playlist made for you, like that whole series. Like their daily mix made yeah, for you. Yeah, that whole that whole yes. thing. And like now they have a combination thing. Like you and another user can make like a combo playlist. Like my sister and I have one. And it has like artists that we both listen to in like one playlist. And it changes. Like they rotate like different songs in and out. It's a, it's a collaborative thing. Yeah, it's like so like so it's like my sister and I don't do anything, but it's like the made for you playlist. But this time it's like made for you and whoever else. Oh, you to be I with. see. So it's like combining okay. your music tastes and creating a playlist for both of you. So like maybe you want to learn more about the other person's taste, I guess. Like sort of like that. So you can kind of combine your music tastes. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. they converge after a while. I'd yes. Imagine. Yes. Yeah. No. I mean. I I definitely do think that with the kind of music that a person listens to. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, listen to cooperatively. I, I don't know what you and your sister do. Like, it yeah. tells a lot about their personality. And mm-hmm. maybe even listening to mu- new music can change your personality. I think yes. I have become a slightly more, more uh, oof, how do I say this, fun person <laughs> <laughs> since I started listening to Doja Cat. Uh-huh. And, like, I'd imagine that maybe for other people who just started listening to her, like, they've uh, they've undergone the same thing. Like, I'm thinking things that I didn't mm-hmm. used to think. <laughs> like, it's it's strange, but but that that's that's growing up, and that's having things introduced into your your life and your your Spotify playlist, I guess. Yeah. So I think like music could definitely tell a lot about your personality, like you mentioned. Also, I was thinking about when you were talking about like how your music taste can change and like. It maybe introducing new music in your life can change the way you are you are as a person as well. I was also thinking like how music also introduced new people into your life, like new friends. Like I've made friends through um, Lake Lake Streak Dive. Like I've recently been listening to him a lot, but I made a friend. This is when I studied in Spain for the summer. And there's this one friend, like we're we both listen to Lake Streak Dive, and I feel like whenever I think of her, I always think of this this artist or a musician this band but yeah but also when you're like when we just change I think it's just you talk about like changing and growing I think all of that is just life it's just living life that's just how it is it's not stagnant and I think everyone you know there's ups and downs and people personality changes and so does their music taste it absolutely does um I know like if I were to go back to 2017 and look at the music that I was listening Mm -hmm. to it would not at all reflect like the the music that I listen to now, and that's a good thing. It shows that I'm changing and it shows that I'm growing. 
And, you know, that music, it didn't go away. You can go back to it at any time and, and listen to it and, and go back to those emotions that you used to have back in, in middle school, listening to, to Liam and Harry. And Wait, yes. Liam's one of the guys, right? Yeah, Liam is am, one of the am guys. Am I right? You actually, ah, yes, you are right. Nice. Yes, he's one of the All guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it can put you back into that kind of mood. And in that mm-hmm. way, it never leaves you. The emotions and the memories and all the friendships that we get through music, they don't really leave you. It's something that sticks with you going through life. Like, even if you grow out of liking that type of music or that genre, like, it still sticks with you. Because it's, like, part of your timeline in life. Like, you'll just think of it as, like, oh, I liked that when I was, like, 15. But, you know, I don't like that anymore, but that's fine. That was when I was 15. And that'll just always be part of your soundtrack for when you're fi- when you were 15 years old. So, listeners, thank you again for joining us on today's episode or today's journey. And you've heard a lot about our experience with music and how it's changed our life, along with some of our personal memories and our stories. And honestly, we would love to hear more about how, like, maybe music changed your life. And you can do that by emailing us. We would love to hear from you. And that email is, let me see, it is podcast.thefinerthings at gmail.com. And if you didn't hear that, you can hit the rewind button. And I will also put it in the description for you all. Listeners, thank you very much for uh, for joining us on another journey of ours. We really appreciate your time and your uh, and your patience with getting these episodes out. We are doing our best, but uh, certain life events have, have befallen uh, certain co-hosts who... Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling me but, out. There's only one but, other co-host. <laughs> <laughs> but we are, uh, we're, we're working on getting that back to you soon. And I will soon be graduating. So yeah. I won't have that much to do. So we'll uh, we'll get plenty of more episodes out mm-hmm. in the in the future. But until then, thank you very much once again from the bottom of our hearts here at the the Finder Things Club. Thank you for yes. joining us. Thank you for sticking with us and continuing to stay with us. We'll see. We'll hopefully you'll hopefully join us on our next episode. We will see you there. Take care. <laughs>